from west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing just great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, getting better. So you know, getting stronger. I'm hope hopefully I'll, you know, I'll be um, going back to my primary job in a few weeks, and so I'm, um, yeah, just feeling feeling better every day. I did a little too much today, but uh, otherwise I'm I'm doing well. So and you know, we hope everyone out there in our connecting with all family is safe and healthy during this very bizarre time. In, in the world's history. So, and that you're all sheltering in place and you have everything you need. And we appreciate that you're listening to us, you know, during this time. You know, one of the things that I've found entertaining on YouTube, have you seen any of the videos of families who have recreated uh, Disney theme park attractions? I, I have, I really dislike it though. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a oh, curmudgeon really? when it comes to it. Yeah, it's, oh. it was cute like on day one. And by day three, I'm like, I'm so tired of seeing people do this. It one, yeah. I'm, I am so pessimistic in this way with it. But I'm like, a lot of these people wouldn't be at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, even if, if like, even if they did have the ability to right now, they wouldn't be. It's just like one person saw someone do it and then it just exploded into everyone do it so it, it's cute but it's just uh, i i've enjoyed most of them some are some are very elaborate and a little and very surprising how they've put in special effects in some of them the haunted mansion seems to be the most popular one but you know some people did it's a small world and <laughs> all that it was cute but anyway, but I thought, well, at least they're doing something creative, you know. Exactly. It is creative at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And, yeah, it's getting harder and harder sometimes for me to find something on Disney+. Plus, Even though there's a lot there, you know, a lot of what I'm looking forward to isn't going to be there till next year. Yeah. Man. You know, a lot of the Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff. And it's like some of the original content they're putting on there, it's cute for families and children, like the shop class one and, you know, a few other little things like that. But I thought, you know, I want, I don't know, I want more movies or interesting documentaries or something like that. I, and, I'm looking for more series. That's definitely, I, I feel like I'm. That my feelings on that are what a lot of my friends that have Disney Plus are also in the same boat. It's uh, nothing against the movies or, you know, some of the cartoons that are on there and such. But in terms of actual series, it's they 
some of the more like documentary series mm-hmm. and Jeff Goldblum and National Geographic. It's it's all very it's very very youth based, and so it, it seems like they're just there's still like this in between that's kind of missing between stuff that is more adult and perfect for Hulu, and then they're definitely hitting the kid market on Disney Plus. I feel like there's still a range of stuff on Disney Plus that they they could be off saying that without giving any specific examples, but um, there's yeah. gotta be, there's gotta be something out there to fill the gap. You know, maybe, maybe even making it a thing where like, okay, uh, the Goldbergs gets removed from Hulu and add that to Disney plus because it is, you know, it, it, it's got its moments where it has some language that they usually beep out and, some adult themes to it but it's a show that feels like it would be perfect for disney plus when there's not there's not new stuff you know i'm in it for the year long run anyways and i I will Mm -hmm. always have disney plus but it's just you're not gonna i'm not gonna be constantly using it i'm gonna look for the best deals when it comes to being a subscriber with it even if it means at one point canceling and then having to resubscribe so it's not they're not making it the automatic uh automatic uh way of life mm-hmm. so yeah uh, and then now i'm st- i'm worried you know now production has stopped because of the covid19 you know television shows have been halted and films have been halted so it's gonna be interesting to see how it affects disney plus you know next year and you know the networks next year and all that i think we're going to see a lot of game shows because they're cheap and fast to produce i mean they can they can film a whole bunch in one day you know yeah and the one thing i i know there was a couple game shows that were already you know in the works that didn't uh, may not have made it quite ready yet to air but they can probably do that i know there was um at least a couple shows that had already filmed but they're probably working on post-production right now uh the main thing that i i think they're going to go crazy on is uh, some disney animators are already working at home on creating animation like there's been the the olaf shorts that created solely from home yeah you know, it, as the as these animators are able to bring in their technology that they would have at the studios and bring it home, and you know they they can start to piece together entertainment, whether or not it's you know in terms of long form. But I think I even saw. I'm not sure if this was a joke or not, but they kind of said like, "Okay, we're going to have to keep production going even from home to hit the the deadline of 2021 now." And like I, I couldn't tell if that was serious or if, if they mm-hmm. or if it was just a joke because I could see it being serious. I mean, it's besides some of the sound mixing and and such that would require someone to have a a home studio for for animation as computing power that they are in the studios. It, it seems very possible that they could do stuff from home. So, want to see. One thing I have learned, you know, recuperating at home now for a month. There is always a Harry Potter film being broadcast, (laughs) no matter what. It's amazing. You know, I I don't understand how it's possible. But it's like, you know, they used to always say um, there's always an I Love Lucy episode broadcast at any time somewhere. The same can be said for Harry Potter. 
Yeah, it's, so. it's either on USA or it's on Sci-Fi or any of the other Universal networks. Like they <laughs> overplay it so much, and that comes from someone who loves Harry Potter. Like I, I can't watch the movies anymore. I'm just over them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't watch. So I don't watch them on network TV because I don't want to sit through commercials. So you know, I'll still pop in my Blu-rays or DVDs of them. So anyway but that's it but you know if you are if you are at home and you're looking for something to do the walt disney family museum is has stuff you don't have to be a member to attend these but they're called their happily ever after events and these are talks that are being done online using zoom and um a couple are already sold out but craig and i are actually attending some of these and um, so I want to share with you, Craig will have a link in the show notes. Now, if you are a museum member, um, they, they do have uh, a limited amount of uh, spaces they're reserving for members. Um, but like the first one that I've signed up for, it's Wednesday, April 15th. So by the time the show airs, it's done. But it's, um, uh, it's Bob Gurr. Disney legend Imagineer Bob Gurr is going to be talking. So you and so from the comfort of your own home, you could just sit and listen to Bob Gurr. They they allow you to send in questions and all of that. And it's at five thirty p.m. Pacific time. The next one, Craig and I are both attending this one. This is Muppet Performer. Do you want to talk about this one, Craig? Dave, because I never get his name right. Dave Goltz. Uh, how Goltz. many people would know him as the uh, the the Muppeteer for for Gonzo. So very my favorite, my favorite Muppet Gonzo. So that's Friday, April seventeenth, when this show um, drops at five thirty p.m. Um, then the next one is on uh, is Wednesday, April twenty second at five thirty p.m. It's happily ever. I'm sorry, it's um it's it's the happily ever after hours, but it's um directors Brenda Chapman mm. and Kevin Lima. They are married in real life, and um so th- they've both spoken at the museum and of course you know they worked on projects beauty and the beast brave uh, i mean all kinds of projects so they are both great they're very entertaining um speakers and all that and then uh, and then i think i talked about the last one is friday april 24th at um 5 30 p.m and i talked about him it's composer fabricio mancelli Matt Chinelli, however you say it. Anyway, he, um, he anyway he he taught. He's a composer for films, and he is delightful. Um, he was such a charming young man. Although he's probably older than I think, but um, you know. But he he talked about you know music from Fantasia. How and he talked about he he. Um, He's working with Andres Deja on his upcoming animated film Mushka, and he's worked with you know composer Richard Sherman, and um, so it's uh, anyway he's he's very interesting to listen to, and he loves Disney. Um, he's very passionate about it. Went working for them when I was um, there, so. So we will have a link in our show notes. That might be something that you want to talk about. Also, they have some uh, uh, some of their other talks that you can look for. Tic- you know, get tickets for on here. I guess they're they're sort of hoping right now that their May and June events will go on as planned. They do have uh, one on um, Tyrus Wong, 
who we know him best for his beautiful artistry in Bambi. And then they're going to have um, Leslie Iwerks back to talk about um, more about the Imagineering story that was on Disney+. And, of course, she's the granddaughter of Ab Iwerks and daughter of Donna Iwerks, who's an Imagineer. So um, you can get tickets for those. Also, there's... Uh, they're having virtual classes. They have a lot of art and animation classes that they offer at the museum. They're going to do them virtually. So we'll have a link in the show notes to those classes. They have them from for, for artists who are in third grade all the way up to adults and, and everyone in between. So you might want to check those out. And see some some are just on drawing and art. Others are on on learning how to animate. So um, and and oh, there's one on designing comics too, which looks like fun. So anyway, so check that check those out too. You might see something. You know, maybe you've always wanted to take an art class or an animation class. Now you can do it from the comfort of your own home. So which is cool. So. Anyway, all right. And so I think that's about it. Some of our suggestions for for what you can do at home this week so, or in the next few months. And, of course, watch Harry Potter films because they're always on. Okay, a few weeks back, Craig, Mary Jo, and I piled into Mary Jo's car for a trip around Southern California to connect with Walt. And you can experience the first two segments of our magical journey by listening to episodes 134 and 135. You can also follow along using the map Mary Jo created that's in our show notes. And we are continuing our car trip this week with a stop at the Walt Disney Studio in Burbank. So, Mary Jo, are you all set to whisk us to our next destination? I sure am. Okay, great. Well, we're we're all set. We've gotten our fast food through um, the drive-through because that's, of course, the only way we can do it right now. And we are going to head off to Walt's studio. Of course, as we talked about in 1937, uh, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was made worldwide success. So. In order to expand and meet expectations of his growing audience, Walt needed to increase the size of his studio. So with the profits of Snow White, he made a deposit on 51 acres of land in Burbank, and he began designing a modern studio specifically for the purpose of making animated films. And this is, of course, at 500 South Buena Vista Street in Burbank. Walt was involved with all aspects of designing this studio, from the layout of the buildings to the design of the animators' chairs. And we talked about, we we did with Dave Bossert, we did a whole episode on Kim Weber and the designing of the studio and the furniture. So if you might want to go back and listen to that episode. But Walt left nothing to chance. He wanted to produce a self-sufficient, state-of-the-art production factory that provided all the essential facilities for the entire animation process. And, um, you know, so all the classic films, all the films we love were made here. Um, You know, the sound stages, you know, Mickey Mouse Club was made here. Mary Poppins was made here. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on you know about what was made here and where and in what stages and all that but you actually 
don't necess- you don't want to go to the address I just gave you for photos because basically you can see some sound stages in a parking lot and a guard shack. Mary Jo, where do they want to go for some good photos of the studio? Um, I believe they want to go on Alameda. So it's the Alameda entrance. So the, the, there's a Riverside entrance and perpen- not perpendicular. Uh, parallel is the Alameda entrance. And you'll see there's a really nice sign that says the Walt Disney Studios. And it's really cool because you'll be able to there's a, and Michael and Craig will know which which building it is, but I think um, it's a building that where the seven dwarves, and you yes, guys the, can explain it's why. It's the Michael Eisner <laughs> building and the Team Disney building. It's because the studio was built on the shoulders of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So, the, so there's seven dwarves um, holding up the roof of the building, and you can actually get a picture of them um, standing at the entrance. So... I, I highly recommend making making sure that you're on that Alameda Street, like I said. At that entrance, you could park up. Um, you can park on the street right there and then just walk over and take some pictures of it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of studio tours, this is really the only major studio that doesn't have tours. If you're a D23 member, you can uh, get tickets for special events and studio tours. They sell out very quickly. I, I think we've have, we've all been on I know Craig and I have been on them. Um, mm-hmm. Have you been on one of the D23 tours, Mary Jo? I didn't go on a D23 tour. What I was able to get was it was through D23 and it was a Saving Mr. Banks um, showing. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do a self-guided tour. So like I saw, I was able to walk inside Walt Disney's office mm-hmm. Craig and I were in the first group that got to walk through that that was so I that was so cool and we went to some of the bungalows that it, that they brought from the Hyperion Hyperion um, studios are sitting there on the lot too mm-hmm. I can picture the one that I went to I forget the significance of that of that bungalow but they had a huge Mickey Mouse sitting in the chair that they used in the movie Saving Mr. Banks was sitting oh, there God. in the sitting there in the studio and if you've seen the or excuse me in that um bungalow and if you for those of you who've seen saving mr banks which i hope everybody has um the part where uh, pl travers drives up in the car and she meets the sherman brothers for the first time that's studio number two or a mm-hmm. what is that it's two right the one that's dedicated to julie andrews uh, it's, or, it's stage or yeah stage two thank Sound you stage two and who is it? It's dedicated to either Mary Poppins or Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Okay. Mary Poppins was filmed in it. And that's so cool. Mary Poppins was filmed there in that particular one. So in today's audiences, we've seen that, that reference and the famous sign that says Dopey Way and and the different streets. Um, mm-hmm. That's another popular. I've seen a few movies there. Uh at, at the studios, and they've ha- they have uh, Christmas parties there at mm-hmm. the studios where and they the lighting of the Christmas tree and been there with some of our Diz friends and yeah, that's always been. But this this is um, yeah. So it's either that or you can sign up for an Adventures by Disney tour with Dreams Unlimited Travel because our um, you know Dreams Unlimited Travel always has some extra stuff in there that the regular adventures by disney trip does not have and um 
and and you can you get to go to the studios that way as well but they don't have it's not like universal studios and the tram tour the warner brothers studios where you can um sign up you know purchase tickets for regular tours of the studio yeah but if you also are a disney cast member then you can also visit with your id and you know you can go to the you can go to the commissary he's a bundale (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, no, you, it's just the studio store there, but oh, okay, um, and yeah, they. Oh, that's right. Them, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's an option too to get in if if you can't strike if you can't pay for an Adventures by Disney trip or you can't can't get lucky with one of the special D twenty three meetups, then yeah, just just try to apply to work for Disney and get in the <laughs> the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's and and they also have one of the multiplane cameras there um, at mm-hmm. the studios. I, the I've seen that. Is that what that building is? That's yeah, there? it's in the archive okay. building. Because there's a theater there too, where we saw um, uh, the latest Christopher Robin movie there. And across the street, you take a bridge and you go over to the animation studio, which is part of the Disney Studios. Um, we were there when they dedicated it to Roy Disney, mm-hmm. so that was. That was a another D twenty three event that we were able to to do, and that one is cool too because it has a huge Sorcerer Mickey's app at the entrance, and driving around you can get a picture of that also. And that plot of land there where that is, that's where Walt envisioned his first little Mickey Mouse park there. But of course, quickly outgrew those plans, and it became Disneyland. So, oh my gosh, that would have that's such a small plot of land. And and I do have a sad kind of a sad, but note to this part. Mm-hmm. Across the street from the Walt Disney Studios is the hospital uh, where Walt Disney passed away. Right, St. Joseph's Hospital. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Nancy works there. Yes, she does. So. All righty. Okay, I said Mickey's of Glendale because I was thinking about our next stop. And that is Walt Disney Imagineering at 1401 Flower Street. And of course, you know, Walt Disney Incorporated, WDI, was formed by Walt Disney on December 16th, 1952, with an engineering division. And they were tasked with designing Disneyland. But Roy and stockholders and the board, they were got a little, felt that there was a conflict of interest because Walt was sort of using um, some of the artists and animators and all that from the studio to work in Imagineering. And so they said, you know, this this doesn't look good. So Roy, um, because of objections from Roy and all that, um, WDI was renamed WED Enterprises. Of course, in 1953, of course, it's based on Walt's initials, Walter Elias Disney. In 1961, WED moved from the studio into Grand Central Business Park. And um, and so, which is on Flower Street here. And it became so integral to Walt Disney's studio operations that Disney Productions bought it on February 5th, 1965, along with Wet Enterprise's name. And the unit was renamed on January, in January 1986 to Walt Disney Imagineering. And by 1997, Imagineers were in several buildings in the Grand Central Disney Business Park, and Disney just finally purchased it. And um, 
So anyway, and and so um, Craig and I have both been inside the walls, the mysterious walls of Imagineering. This is sort of like the research and development area. Mm-hmm. On the outside, this looks like nothing. You would have no you would have no idea what's going on inside these buildings. The only clue you have that there's anything Disney about these buildings is the street address signs. Mm-hmm. Because they're shaped like ovals like the cast member badges, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but other than that, you're absolutely right. When when we went past the buildings, because I I, um, it, I I think the only way that the public can get in there is on an ABD trip, right? That's how great. That's how I've gotten in there. Yeah, Adventures by Disney. Yeah, yeah. The- or if you know someone who works there, obviously. Well, that, uh, well, that is the. Uh, I wasn't going to say it. That is the other way I've gotten in there. Is that oh, I was okay. a guest of an Imagineer. But I think not because I know that Bob Gurr couldn't take us in there. He just he just pointed and told and told us of the incredible things. But I'm going to let you guys talk because you have personal experience. What the heck's in there? Well, yeah. Well, well, Craig, what 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 did you find fascinating about your time in there? Um. It, so. Oh. This, it's hard because this is a, a big part of how we we sell our adventures by Disney. Yeah, let, let's not give away too many secrets. Yeah. We can just talk about maybe like maybe the departments. Yeah, I'll just or something I'll, that's in there. Yeah, I'll just overall say though, um, I as a history buff, I if you had to give me the choice between going to Imagineering or going to the studios. Even though the studios is way more accessible, I think that the studios has this magic running through it and this that special unique history that just is oozing everywhere. Like it, it is just chock full of it at the Walt Disney Studios. Where for me, Imagineering, it's cool, but they have so because it is such a secretive place. Uh, even for for guests that go in, they're they're allowed to see certain sections, and for the most part, everything's on lockdown except for there's always like one or two things that you you catch out of the corner of your eye because they didn't realize a group was coming in and uh, didn't have time to hide anything mm-hmm. before. But uh, it's it's definitely uh, it, it's it's an amazing place nonetheless, though. And I mean so. It's some of the the pieces of history that's not over at the Walt Disney Archives or held at Imagineering, and uh, it's just it, it's it's something that's awesome to see with your eyes and like not a and not a spoiler one. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on our our Snow White Scary Adventures episode, like the 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 originals of the the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs statue from the Grotto area. Something that's that's housed there. Really, those are there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's so much there. And they're huge inside, right? At least I know in in one of the buildings because Bob uh, was talking about um, them practicing driving some of the vehicles inside inside one of those Mm -hmm. buildings. So I'm not sure which ones you got because there's several buildings. So I'm not sure which ones. Uh, they take you. Into. Yeah, it's we, we, we sort of, you walk a bit of the campus, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean you see stuff like yeah, we saw a model for um, basically it was New Fantasyland in 
because I'll talk about maybe what was in the past because it's to give folks an idea. This is why you should go on one of our uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel ABDs um, because like that was actively being built at the time, but they had, remember there was the first version of the new Fantasyland and then there was the redone one. And they have they had built the Snow White uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was an, a replacement for some other princess attractions. They had taken out the princess attractions and set them aside in this huge model. And they had off to the side. They were just finishing up building uh, this model for the Snow, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train attraction. and getting ready to drop it in. So you could potentially see them see the model for an upcoming attraction that could be possibly mm-hmm. be something um you know i actually and it's funny craig you were saying you know oh you might see something that they couldn't hide i did it was for um when i was walking by and i sort of turned my head they were working on the statue of Minnie that was going to go into one of the new cruise ships and i said is that for I said, oh, you're not supposed to see that. And he drew the curtain. And sure enough, yeah. on a Diz cruise, there it was. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's a corridor that's the, basically the John Hench corridor. And you can see where it, it, it has John Hench's artwork. But then you can see where other Imagineers have drawn on the walls and stuff. And that's cool to see. And uh, if you're in the theme parks, and you probably are if you're going on that tour. Um, There's some other stuff, too. They'll have things on display that, let's just say they're retired from the park. Yes. But they might still be in operating condition. So they might show you how it works. You know, something like that. Um, And then they'll show you um, basically what maybe goes into creating an attraction or an audio animatronic, something that they're working on, or maybe an effect, and you'll get a chance to experience that, what goes into it. They'll explain it uh, along the way as you travel through um, the facility. So so it's sort of hard to tell what you're going to see because you won't, it it all depends on what they're working on at the time. So, and they're working on a lot right now. I mean, you know, all the almost all the parks are expanding. So I can't imagine if you went on one of our adventures by Disney trip what you might see in there. Yeah, like on mine, I saw they had a poster board up with all the artwork for the Polynesian bungalows before they were even oh, announced. Wow. And kind of like what you said, we went past it and it was there. And then the next time we went past it, there was a, a big piece of cloth hanging over it and <laughs> they're like oops yeah, yeah. and the only other one that we saw was uh we saw a model behind a, a door that was closed the next time we passed it but it was a model of the uh, navi river journey but by then so much artwork had been out that it was like oh okay yeah cool <laughs> yeah and they also the other thing that we saw was they were working on the model for um the the Ratatouille section of the Walt Disney Studio Park in Paris. Mm. So that's all you know that we've been on that. So um, so they had that. They had a model they were working on of the ride vehicle, which is the big mouse that 
we've seen, you know, because that's coming to Epcot in Florida. Yep. And so, but it was cool to see the models of that because it they, it was a gorgeous model. And um, so that's why you just never know what you're going to see there. But it's it's an amazing experience. And and you're and the real Imagineers are talking about that. And there's a lot of interesting artwork and posters and things on the walls. They have posters of like every attraction you can imagine from every park around the world as you wander through there. Because I'm looking through every open door to see oh who's in here, who's in here, um, because they had bought Marvels, so they you know some some folks from Marvel were had just established offices there and so um so that that was interesting so anyway so that's it and but now there's another there's another section that's open to the public that's part of Walt Disney Imagineering and that is the um Grand Central Terminal or the Glendale Airport this is at 1310 Air Way in Glendale and this this used to be the airport for Southern California in the 1920s. This is when LAX was, you know, a beach <laughs> and all that. And Burbank and Glendale Airport, they were the two main airports for Southern California. And, you know, Howard Hughes, Amelia Earhart, Charles Lindbergh, Laura Engels all used Glendale as their home airport. And... It was used a lot for filming um, because it was so close to Hollywood. Shirley Temple, James Cagney, Ronald Reagan, um, amongst others, all filmed here. Um, And, of course, Mary Jo's favorite film had a scene filmed here. You know, Pee-wee had a part of his big adventure here. I'm going to have to watch it over again just to just to see that. (laughs) Well, and of significance to me is uh, Jack Northrup. And I worked at Northrop. Mm-hmm. Um, he started his company there, so it's called Avion Aviation that he that he started there. So there's a lot of history that happened at this at this airport. And kind of a cool thing is if you were to look at it at a airplane level, you can still see on the ground the word airway um, that that they had to so the per- airplanes. Because remember, this is back in the 1920s, right? They didn't have the kind of navigation that they have today. So they had these huge letters that said airway where the airplanes would be coming down. Now it's kind of been taken over by sidewalk and shrubbery and and other things. But you can still see those letters in the sidewalk. Yeah, and after World War II, as land was sold off and all that, when when this was no longer a workhorse airport, the, the runways are not as long as they were back in their day. So I think it's all grass. Oh yeah. And then it's, it's a big grassy area, but for us, the significance of that building now is, um, the fact that the Imagineers work there. Mm-hmm. I think even D 23 has an office, um, in here. So if I remember correctly, or they did at one time, I don't know. And they do have tours. If you, um, if you just look up Glendale Airport Tours, and you can see that. I know Luella, after we talked about it a few years ago, she actually took the tour, and she's, I think she went with her mom, maybe, and she said it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have uh, displays of the airlines that 
used to you know fly in and out. I believe they have a display of Ken Weber furniture on display here. If you want to see what you know the kind of furniture that was in the studio, um, you can take a look at that. And if you look at if you're looking at that building on the right hand side, second floor, those were Bob Gurr's offices. Ah, okay. Is there a sign in the window? Did he leave something there? No, but he pointed it out. So in my mind, I can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, just as an airport was a crossroads of the world, we are going to another crossroads of the world at 6671 Sunset Boulevard. And they say this crossroads of the world was America's first outdoor shopping mall. Yeah. So what we've done is we've gone back so the Burbank Studio, or the Walt Disney Studios are in Burbank, which is part of what we call the San Fernando Valley. It's on the other side of the hill. So we're going to go back on the L.A. side where the Hollywood sign is and everything. And driving down Sunset Boulevard, going towards the, going towards Hollywood, you're going to pass uh, the Cinerama Dome, which is a real, uh, for us, famous. It's a landmark here in, in Hollywood Theater. And then we have the Crossroads of the, Crossroads of the World Monument. And... Those of you who have been to Hollywood Studios will know exactly in what Walt I'm talking Disney about. In Walt Disney World. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, at Walt Disney World in Florida. When you enter the park, there's this huge tower with Mickey and with a globe at the top and Mickey Mouse. And as a matter of fact, Mickey's right ear, I think, is a lightning rod. Yeah, it's or copper to serve as a lightning rod, I believe. So that is modeled after Crossroads of the World Monument here on Sunset Boulevard. And it just like when you first walk into Walt Disney World, and that's the first thing that that you see when you walk in, for this particular quote-unquote outdoors mall, this was at the front of the building, which is shaped kind of like a ship that had had, uh, 57 high-end shops when they first built it. It was built in 1936. And it's 60 feet high over there. And it, they were going to be, it, that area, way back in the day, there were a lot of gangsters. And this uh, couple of gangsters were gunned down. And the wife of one of them decided that she was done with living in, in a seedy part of the town. So she was going to start building it up. So she put her money in to build this mall. And so she put high end, she made it enter, they had international shops. So when they had the um, the opening for it, Cesar Romero, for those of you who remember, this is back mm-hmm. in, in the 30s. So this is for these actors. So Cesar Romero was there to represent Cuba and Boris Karloff was there to represent England. And they opened up this, this, this mall. And back in the day, it, it, for a while, it was one of the spots that people would go to, to to go shopping and it didn't last very long um but like michael said it was the first outdoor mall and of course it was in in los angeles and today it's an office complex um at one time in the 60s alfred hitchcock had his offices mm-hmm. there there were many um artists like crosby stills and nash you know there, there's still uh, music studios there i don't know who the artists are but it's still working uh working buildings so when you drive down Sunset Boulevard and you go on the right-hand side, and again, using the coordinates on the map, you can see it, and it's unmistakable. It's a big tower with a globe on top, and it says Crossroads of the World. 
on it. So I think it's kind of cool that if you're in the area and you want to look at these these uh, touches that that are Disney and so much of Hollywood, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, um, a lot of the architecture that's there in the studios are here in L.A. And while you're here checking out Walt's places, you may as well check these out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and check this place out soon because um, preservationists are very upset with a, the plan to revitalize this area because 82 of the Hollywood Regency Garden Apartments are going to be demolished and there's a plan to bring in 950 apartments and condos, a 308-room hotel, and 190,000 square feet of commercial space. We don't need more people. <laughs> Having said that, Another thing that they have, I didn't mark it on the map, but the, and I, I will though for the future, they have, they used to have a restaurant here called the Brown Derby yes. and it was in shape of a hat mm-hmm. and they, they've taken that hat. And for a while, I think it was the, if I remember correctly in the seventies, I, the, the storage yard near my house in, in here somewhere in LA had the hat I could say I was like oh my gosh the brown derby sitting in the storage yard and they finally got it and they put it on top of another building in on Sunset Boulevard so you can see it um but it's it's not the same color but you can definitely see that it's the brown derby so I'll mark those because of course at Hollywood Studios they've got the brown derby there where they made for the first time what was it cop salad yes Cobb yep. salad was invented there. Where the Cobb salad was invented. So that's another um, landmark that, that I'll add. Okay. Well, this and speaking of landmarks that are related to theme parks, we there's the Hollywood Tower Apartments, and those are at 6200 Franklin Avenue in Los Angeles. And Rachel, why is this one on your list? This one is really cool. If you're driving on the 101 freeway, you will see um, Tower Hotel in the exact same font that Hollywood um, Tower of Terror is at the Hollywood Studios. And when I saw it for the first time, I was like, no. And the architecture of the building is is the same. And getting off on, and on Franklin, the front of the building... It ha- the sign is the same style sign that they use for the um, Tower of Terror. So you look at that building and you can definitely see where the Imagineers were inspired to create the architecture for the one at the park. Mm-hmm. So th- again, I've driven there a, a few times. I One of my favorite views, like I said, is on going on the 101 freeway. But if you're going, <laughs> I, I know this by heart, if you're over there at crossroads of the of the world on Sunset Boulevard, you're going to drive towards the ocean. So you're going west and you're going to turn right on the street called Gower. It's going to take you by the Capitol Records. It's a building that looks like a stack of records. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go under the freeway and the Hollywood Tower Apartments are right there. And it's all, they're all so close together that it's, to me, it's worth seeing. I love yeah, showing this, people that because they get really 
Especially if they're fa- fans of Tower of Terror. But I'm sorry, Michael, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Uh, this was built in 1929. It, it was known then as La Belle Tour. And this is a popular residence for entertainment industry employees for many years. When it was built, it was a Class A building. It had more than 50 apartments with three penthouse units, a subterranean garage, and private and public roof gardens. Um, actor George Raft owned an interest in the building and even lived there for a while. Um, in her novel, Storm me weather. Paula L. Woods wrote this in her novel. Hollywood Tower was a seven-story, indecisive gray building at the corner of Franklin and Vista Del Mar in Hollywood. The faux French Normandy apartment building was so old it probably had a view of the sea when it was built. Hollywood Tower, though, was a last vestige of an earlier era. You could tell by the way the planting in the front was kept neatly trimmed and the lobby smelled spick and span clean. <laughs> now, this it, the Hollywood Tower appears in some films by name in the 1948 mystery film Devil's Cargo that was part of the Falcon series. It was in Brian De Palma's 1984 thriller Body Double. And um, and then it was in also the 1980 comedy Midnight Madness. And um, it's um, listed in the National Register of Historical Places. I can see that because, again, the architecture, it's, it's not the rectangular modern um, building. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. And then uh, down the street from it is the, uh, oh, what's that? I don't know. Is it on the map? <laughs> but it's the the science, oh, what, what are they called? Tom Cruise is part of it and John Travolta. Um, I'm, I'm not going to call it a cult. But anyway, they're, that building is the Scientology building. Uh, is yeah, also another <laughs> no i'm not going to put it on the map but it's another <laughs> um interesting architecture similar to the hollywood tower apartments okay but well, but i think they're well worth the visit well we're going to take a rest stop here for a bit and continue our trek next week by driving over to hollywood and the chinese theater maybe we'll see a few movie stars until then let's take a look back at this week in disney history Well, since we have Mary Jo here, we're going to continue, uh, you know, doing this in a contest format. And Mary Jo, you have really done a great job because if I remember correctly, it's been a while. I think you've come out on top twice already. Yeah, I I was really surprised myself. I, w- I was thoroughly expecting to get trounced by, by Mr. Trivia Master Craig. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that was that was actually fun. So thanks, Craig. You you keep getting an extra question that I don't. Well, well, and I fixed that. Oh, now so it's on for, for the next for the next was, few episodes. Now there are eight questions. Okay. I thought I was getting an extra. I mean, not that I'm complaining or anything. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, I'll, I'll take those for and uh, in, enjoy those, and hopefully we'll see what how. Uh, I compete against you this time, sir. (laughs) So for this week, because it's been a while since we've done this and since, you know, this I'm this is the first time I'm back in a while for trivia. By um, the way, I never. mind. Yes. Sorry. Never mind. 
Um, we're going to start with April 18th, a Saturday. Normally, we would start with Sunday, but this gives me a um, this gives me the eight days. Did okay, Mary Jo? Did you want to bring something up? No, I just wanted to say that I um, and I know that you guys have already gone over this, but I just wanted to to say I'm so glad that you're back, Michael, so that we could oh, um, continue doing trivia, but more that I'm just really happy that that you're doing better and continued healing for oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be back on the show, back into the swing of things and all that. So let me go through the rules. So, and for our listeners too, you can play at home. Um, okay. You get three points if you choose not to hear the multiple choice options and you'll receive three points for a correct answer. If you choose to hear the multiple choice options, you'll receive two points for a correct answer. If you ask me to remove an incorrect option, you will receive one point for a correct answer. Is that, do you have a tiki bird or something there, Mary Jo? I do. You know, I love okay. That's one of my favorite attractions. And so I, I need some ambiance. sounds. So, so what, what, what's, what's the name of your tiki bird? Uh, my tiki bird's name Medley. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it starts to sing. I hope Medley sings, us, <laughs> sings to us then. Okay. If you correctly answer the question after your opponent answers the question incorrectly, you will receive one point. Now, some questions may have opportunities to earn bonus points. You can earn one point for each bonus question correctly answered. In the event of a tie, there will be a tiebreaker question, and you may find having a pencil and paper um, nearby helpful for the tiebreaker question. Okay, so any questions about the rules? Mm -mm. Nope. All right. So, Mary Jo, since you're our guest, you have the choice. Keeping in mind now, there are eight questions. Do you want to receive the first one or pass it on to Craig? I'm going to go ahead and receive, please. Okay. Okay, this is for April 18th. What attraction had its last run at Disney California Adventure on April 18th, 2010? Would you like to hear the options? Or do you just know this? It's what? They're, they're running through my... I'll, I'll, I have an idea, but go ahead and give me options. Okay. Was it A, the Malaboomer? B, High School Musical 3, Senior Year Street Show, C, Disney's Electrical Parade, or D, Drawn to the Magic Musical Live Show? Holy cow. The one that I was uh, actually thinking didn't even make it to this. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? Yes, of course. Okay, so I have Malibuomer, High School Musical 3, um, drawn to the magic. What was the electrical parade? Was the other one that you said? Correct. Okay, so I don't think it was the electrical parade. Wasn't everything under construction in 2010? Um, uh, well, this is April 18th, 2010. Which attraction had its last run at Disney's California Adventure on April 18th, 2010? Um, total guess. I'm going to say drawn to the magic. Okay, that is incorrect. Okay. You didn't say was that my final answer either. Okay, you, no, you're because you always you. tell me <laughs> I am. I am. So, 
Craig, going over to you. What attraction had its last run at Disney California Adventure on April 18, 2010? Was it the Malibuomer, High School Musical 3, Senior Year Street Show, or Disney's Electrical Parade? I believe I know the answer to this. Uh, luckily, I had just moved to Orlando motion that happened in 2010 that was summer night-tastic. And part of that is Magic Kingdom received the Main Street Electrical Parade back because of the event. So I'm going to go with Main Street Electrical Parade. You are correct. Main Street Electrical Parade. Well, Disney's Electrical Parade. Um, It ran for the last time at Disney California Adventure. Then it was basically the Main Street Electrical Parade. It had been running since July 2001. It was the park's desperate effort to get people into California Adventure. And Craig, you actually answered the bonus question. (laughs) Because what theme park was this parade sent to? And you got it. It was sent to Magic Kingdom as part of the Walt Disney World 2010 promotional package, Summer Nightastic. So I'm giving you the point for that. Oh, thank you. I was going to say he should get the point for that. Yeah. So you got two points. Okay. Well, Craig, very good. And April 19th is yours also. What Walt Disney World attraction closed for major renovations on April 19th, 2009? It's the first time this popular attraction had closed for improvements since it opened. Mm. Uh, Go ahead and give me multiple choice. Okay. Was it A, Space Mountain, B, Monorail, C, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, or D, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress? Um, Okay. I I know one that it's... Two that's definitely not. I think I'm going to go. I'll say this. I don't I can't remember our Big Thunder Mountain having a long any long downtime, but I remember Space Mountain did. You and that's your final answer. Mm-hmm. You are correct. It is a Space Mountain and the renovations excuse me, include new track inside the enclosed coaster, although the layout is the same. There was the new enclosure for the ride's queuing area and a new ceiling. Um, And then it was a bit more 21st century and sort of less 70s sci-fi. Okay, so very good. Two points there. There is a bonus question for this. What year did Walt Disney World Space Mountain open? We are 75. That's correct. It was January 15th, 1975. So you now have a total of five points. Very good. Okay, Mary Jo, over to you. (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mary Jo, you can come back big with this next one. Okay, this is for April 20th. On April 20th, 2000, Al Weiss, who's the president of Walt Disney World, and Mike Capellis, who's the CEO of Compaq, announced plans for Walt Disney World's newest Epcot attraction. What is the name of this attraction? What year was this again? This was um, 2000, April 20th, 2000. Like that's going to tell me anything. Okay, let me think. Okay, so I was there, and this happened after we were there. 
So what's new since the last? Um, was it was it the Little Mermaid ride in Epcot? Isn't isn't it? In, no, oh, no, that's I'm, in the I'm, Magic I'm sorry, Kingdom. I'm sorry, I'm thinking Finding Nemo. I'm sorry, I was getting my underwater attractions oh. mixed up. Okay. Okay. Um, no, it is not. It was not the Living Seas with Nemo and Friends. Okay. 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 All right. So, Craig, over to you. On April twentieth, two thousand, Al Weiss, president of Walt Disney World, and Michael Capella, CEO of Compaq, announced plans for Walt Disney World's newest Epcot attraction. What is the name of this attraction? I'll run through what's left. Living Seas with Nemo and Friends was on the list, but Mary Cho um, got that one. Um, <laughs> So it's still um, A, Test Track, C, Mission Space, or D, Journey into Imagination with Figment. I Well, I'm just going to go ahead and roll it out. I know it's not Test Track because Compaq has nothing to do with Test Track. And I want to maybe Compaq went under or got bought out in between when it opened, but I'm going to say it has to be Mission Space. That is correct. It is Mission Space, and it's on the site once occupied by the beloved Horizons. So, very good. So, you're up to six points. Okay. All right. And let's go to um, April 21st, Craig. And we're back at Disney's California Adventure. And they hosted a two-day event, which included a dinner to, uh, to celebrate an event on April 21st, and it went to April 22nd, 2004. What was the centerpiece of this special event? Multiple choice. Okay. Was it A, the debut of the Disney Bear, B, the announcement of A Bug's Land, C, the debut of Aladdin, a musical spectacular at the Hyperion Theater, or D, the opening of the Tower of Terror? Um... I have no idea. I'm just going to say Tower of Terror. Okay, good guess. You're right. And it was the Tower of Terror, which had not yet opened. Now, there is a bonus question. On what date did the Tower of Terror open at Disney's California Adventure? Uh, no idea. Okay. I, Mary Jo. Okay, it would be May 5th, 2004. All righty. Well, Craig, you have seven. Mary Jo, you're in second place. <laughs> you're so kind <laughs> okay all right but but here you you can you can get on the board here for april okay. 22nd okay disney nature a new film label debuts its first film in theaters on april 22nd 2009 what is the title of the film that debuted under this new label um multiple choice please was it A, Oceans, B, Earth, C, African Cats, or D, Chimpanzee? Oh my, and, and my daughter, Kelly, loves all of these and she watches them. And I do I'm, too. I ha, um, I'm going to... Okay, I'm probably totally out there, and people are going to be yelling. Between for me, it's either between Earth or African cats. I'm going to go with Earth. Final answer. Yes, sir. You are correct. Oh my gosh, I'm actually yeah. on the board. Wait, are you guys? You got are. Something? 
You got two points. Okay, yeah, the It's Earth. It was narrated by James Earl Jones. Uh, the film tells the story of three animal families, polar bears, elephants, and whales, as they make their journey across our planet. And if I remember correctly, it was really just um, an edited version from, I think, a longer series that the BBC did or someone else did. So BBC, it was, Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was Richard Attenborough's. David Attenborough's Richard was Jurassic Park one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was his uh, planet Earth and they just took it and shrunk it down. And it was very disappointing. I mean, it's still beautiful, but it's like, how do you take that entire series and just cram it into one small little thing? Yeah. Or the Disney name well, on it. Yeah. Well, they threw, you know, they just told the story of the three animals. But planet Earth was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So. Okay, very good. Okay, Mary Jo, you have two points. Okay, Craig, back to you for April 23rd. On April 23rd, 2002, President Bush hosts movie night at the White House. Disney chairman Michael Eisner is in attendance. What Disney film did they view? Do multiple choice. Okay, was it A, Lilo and Stitch, B, The Country Bears, C, Big Trouble, or D, The Rookie? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't that that sort of be perfect for President Bush, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, just because, you know, country, hometown and all that. But no, that is incorrect. So I still have to watch that film. So I know. And that's why I have to see how I have to see how bad it is. I think it was kind okay. of funky. Yeah. Bye. Okay, Mary <laughs> Joe, over to you. So what did President Bush and Michael Eisner watch on April 23rd, 2002? Was it Lilo and Stitch, Big Trouble or The Rookie? I'm going to go with Lilo and Stitch. Okay, final answer. Yep. Okay, that is incorrect. Lilo and Stitch came out later that year. It was D, The Rookie, starring Dennis Quaid. Okay, well, Mary Jo, this one is for you for April 24th. Walt Disney World rolled out a new monorail wrap on April 24th, 2013, to promote which upcoming Disney film? This is April 24th, 2013. I'm so bad at these. Um, I'll take multiple choice, please. Okay. Is it, was it A, Monsters University, B, Iron Man 3, C, Frozen, or D, The Lone Ranger? I'm going to take a guess and say Frozen. That is a good guess, but unfortunately, we have to let this question go over to Craig. <laughs> Lop it right over. All right, Craig, what, okay, what's, Craig the, what's the answer? So what, I know you know. What was the new monorail wrap? Um, I, I don't. I know. I knew it was not Frozen because no one foresaw Frozen being what it was. Mm. Um, and same thing with Lone Ranger. That uh, not that that was anything, but people didn't people didn't care for it. I'm just I, I know we got one for 
Toy Story and I think Finding Dory too. So I'm going to say they always think Pixar is going to be a a hit. So I'll say Monsters University. You are correct. It was Monsters University. All righty. Very good. So, Craig, you have eight. Mary Jo, two. Um, um, So, Craig, now this is April 25th. Okay, so Michael Eisner, who is the Walt Disney Company CEO between 1984 and 2005 and oversaw its massive growth into an entertainment giant, was honored on April 25th, 2008. What honor did he receive? I'm going to be bold and make a guess and say that, you know, he's had a lot of honors, but I'm going to say that this was probably a star in Hollywood. On Hollywood's Walk of Fame? Yes. Wow, you are correct. I tell you, he's the trivia master. I am yeah. always impressed three, by how much. Three, three points there for 11. Excellent. Okay, and that's it. That was the last one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, Craig, very good. You've regained your crown here. You know, Mary <laughs> Jill's, Mary Jo still, you know, has one up on you. But you you made a really incredible comeback with 11 points to to Mary Jo's two points. But I know this will this will encourage Mary Jo to come roaring back next week, no doubt. Oh, I'm I am. I'm going to prepare myself. <laughs> I'm going to eat my Wheaties. <laughs> hey, well, Mary Jo, thank you again for continuing to be our chauffeur during our tour of important places in the life and legacy of Walt's life. And I mentioned this at the top of the show, but um, you can follow along with us with the map Mary Jo designed that's in our show notes. Mary Jo, can you uh, just remind listeners sort of the highlights of what they can find on the map? Sure. Um, So I put together this map in Google Maps, and it's really cool in my opinion because you can click on the different icons and and get a little picture of what you're going to see. But it basically uh, touches on the various locations where when Walt first came to live here in Los Angeles, um, the different studios that he's owned and worked at, the different homes he's been um, lived in, um, the favorite restaurant that he went to, and also his last uh, resting place, among others. Um, it's a fun, fun map. You can, if you don't really visit, if you want to drive through everything, you could probably do it in a day, but I don't recommend that. I recommend looking at the map picking the locations that interest you the most or maybe focusing on certain areas uh, and um, going for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's nice is Mary Jo has photos of everything because some are a little difficult to see from the street. So at least you will know, oh, okay, this is what it looks like from the street. Uh, And also I think I have a, I have some notes in there too, that you can look at that, that tells you why that particular location, what, connection there is to Walt Disney. Excellent. Okay. Well, Mary Jo, we'll be climbing into your car next week as we continue our journey. Uh, so Mary Jo, if people want to connect with you, um, how where, where can they find you on the Diz? You can mostly find me on the Diz boards. I, I roam around there um, as Webmaster Mary Jo. Um, I'm all, I often go on Facebook, uh, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie. 
Um, I don't tweet as much, but I'm on Twitter also as Mary Jo MW. Okay, excellent. Okay, and Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. Michael, what about you? Well, you can send me messages at Michael at WDWinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. And be sure you've, you track down the one that has the Connecting with Walt banner and like that page. That has all the Disney content. Instagram, I'm Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at Connecting Walt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes. Craig always has a link to them in my show notes, or you can uh, find them at disunplug.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive (laughs) reviews and ratings when possible so thank you for making us a part of your day and remember i only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing that was all started by a man walt disney and his brother roy 